You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 38, Four Things a Mom Wants You to Know. Danielle Bean, mom of eight, served for many years as a DRE in her parish. And because of her unique perspective that she's gained from wearing many hats, we asked her what four insights she'd like to share with you. You'll finish this episode feeling encouraged, and you'll have several practical tips to bring with you to work today. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today we're joined with Danielle Bean. You may know her from many places. Number one, from Ascension. Um, She's author of Momnipotent. She's a wife, a mother, a speaker, an author, a blogger, a podcaster. She is a jack of all, a jack, uh, what's the female form of jack of all trades? The uh, Nancy of all trades. I don't know. I just made that up. But uh, welcome, Danielle. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. This is going to be great. So Danielle used to work um, in parish life, along with being mm-hmm. uh, wife and mother of eight. She um, has worked in the church life, and uh, we're going to talk about um, her passion, which is bringing dignity to mothers, and also how to bring families and parishes together and, and uh, help them work together, I guess. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do, Danielle? Sure. Um, well, so I'm I'm a, a writer and a speaker, and I'm sharing in all those ways in the ministry that I'm involved in now. But you did mention that my husband and I were involved as DREs of our parish um, going back several years now. So um, that was sort of my introduction to parish life or parish ministry, because our children were still pretty young at the time. Um, they were all enrolled in religious ed, and uh, my husband was offered that position at our parish, and he took it. And we went in like on fire. You know what I mean? Like we were going to change the world through this one little parish. (laughs) And, um, and I was there, you know, fully to support my husband and all that he did. And, you know, almost immediately felt like we were running into brick wall after brick wall after brick wall, whether it was parents or trying to find volunteers. And we were running into difficulty with, you know, the number of people who were willing to step up and actually participate in our parish religious program. So really, it was a, it was a very trying year that first year. We did feel discouraged in many ways, but there were some small steps forward. And we really felt like we had made some progress in places where we felt we could improve. And in the following years, we all together were um, in that position for about six and a half years. But we we wound up in a place where we really felt good about what we were doing. And we really did hit a stride at a point there where our family was fully involved. Our kids were fully involved. We felt so fully involved in the parish and just really part of that parish life and really bringing and sharing our gifts with the parish in a way that we felt called to do. And so those were beautiful years. But then toward the end of it, (laughs) um, we struggled quite a bit with what I would call burnout. And I, you know, my husband was an educator for 18 years. And so we're very familiar with that concept of burnout. I'm familiar with it as a parent, um, that you got to watch out for those signs when you're feeling jaded, when you feel like you're rolling your eyes more than you're smiling at people. Um, and we really did kind of reach a point where we were 
exhausted. And I, I felt like we were ready to just be parishioners at our parish and not so much be involved in the behind the scenes for everything. And so at the time, that was the right choice to make. And I can see that clearly now, but it was a difficult choice to make. And since that time, we have still been very involved in our parish life, as I hoped we would be. Um, so we're involved in women's ministry and the men's ministry there in um, various youth ministry and different programs with the youth and religious education. And I find that participating now on the other side, I can fully sympathize with the people who are doing the work behind the scenes. And I feel like it gives us a unique perspective to be grateful to those people be as helpful and encouraging as we can be, and also to just really discern where God is calling us to use our time and energy, especially as our family has grown and our kids are in, you know, many different directions times eight. And, you know, that has its own challenges. So I really feel like we've come to a good place in our lives right now where we're able to participate in our parish um, from the other side. You know, we hear a lot about, hear a lot of burnout. Um, I've, I've worked in ministry in the church for for a number of years before coming to Ascension and actually in the part-time youth minister in my church currently as well. And um, so I see a lot of that in um, in parishes and in, in traveling and talking with different parishes around the country. I, I hear that time and time again about people getting, getting burned out. How would you, if you could go back in time and kind of go through that, that phase of your life again, not that I'm saying you, you did anything incorrectly or, or I'm not trying to insinuate that. I'm just saying, no, you know, now, if you're going to go back and restart, what would you do differently to try and avoid that burnout? Yeah. I mean, I think I would have paid attention more to the signs of when we were kind of playing the martyr, um, not really intending mm. to, but just always being the one who will step up rather than, you know, going out of our way and asking somebody to, you know, pitch in in a way that was kind of exhausting or depleting for us, asking someone to cover a shift or cover a session or, you know, give a talk or whatever it was that we kind of felt like we were doing on our own. Um, so I think, that sort of comes naturally to people a lot of the times that are involved in ministry. You know, you've got a generous spirit, you're excited, um, you, you feel like you're going to be able to change the world, and you you can in some really great ways. And, you know, even just changing the life of one person who's involved in your ministry can be world changing. Um, so I'm not dismissing that. But at the same time, I think it's, we should have been maybe more reasonable in setting limits for ourselves in the the amount of time that we were going to spend on this, you know, which is, it's a, it's a tricky position to be in because we were paid for that, not paid very much, um, <laughs> but we were paid. And so um, it was sort of like, oh, well, it's our job, you know, but it's not your job times, you know, 60 hours a week, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to kind of understand like, that it's, it's a, a strange dynamic sometimes in ministry especially if you're in a paid position to balance that kind of work life balance and just how much of your time that you, you want to give, because, you know, you're, you're obviously motivated by, you know, very generous motives and, and you're excited and you, you want to evangelize and you've got something good that you want to share with people, which is all very good things. But so it doesn't feel natural to set limits on that, but I think it truly is important for those working in ministry to set limits for themselves. Mm. Very wise words, Mrs. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> only wise because i did the wrong thing you know what i mean <laughs> that's how i go about my life is uh, i made a lot of mistakes let me share them with you so you can avoid these pitfalls exactly <laughs> so danielle is really passionate about uh family life and especially with mothers but family life in general and she has a very unique perspective of being um active in a parish and helping uh i'm sorry she's very she has a, a unique perspective of working in a parish previously, but also now being a mom and volunteering in a parish 
and giving retreats for for moms and and parishioners as well. So we asked her if she would give us four tips from a mother's perspective to people working in the parish. So Danielle, what are your four tips you gave us? Sure. Well, the first one has to do with what I was just talking about as far as being DREs and just needing to take a break. You know, um, I think it's so important. And I try to encourage people who are volunteering and working in different ministries to take a break when they need to. And it can be so hard to admit that you need to take a break. I don't know if it's because our pride gets wrapped up in it or just because we're so passionate about what we're doing and we care so much and we know the consequences are great, you know, whether we succeed or not at these various things that we're involved in. Um, but I think when you when you realize that you're you're feeling more burned out or you're feeling negative or feeling resentful sometimes of the work and um, the time that it's taking from you and the energy that it's taking from you, it's really important. And it's important to admit that it's hard. It's important to admit that you can't do all the things. And mm-hmm. I, I find that it's really helpful. And I remind myself of this also, that it's not really our work, you know, it's God's work. It's the Holy Spirit. If anything succeeds inside of a parish ministry program, it is not our accomplishment. And so it's important to remember, you know, step back, the Holy Spirit can use somebody else for a little while while you refresh and come back ready to give your all again. And um, so sometimes we do need to be reminding one another of the importance of doing that, taking that time that you need. Hmm. What about, uh, DREs or youth ministers that are working in the parish and their pastors are continually asking them um, for more. Like they don't, they don't understand how much work certain activities and events take along with um, just the, the brain space and the mind space of on a daily basis of, of dealing with people's issues and things that are always on the, on the back burner. So what advice would you give somebody who's like, you know, I'd love to take a break. My, my pastor's constantly asking me to do more and do more and do more. Like, how do you, how would you go about, uh, pastorally <laughs> telling the pastor that. <laughs> yeah, that can be really tricky. And, it, you know, it's the same as any other work situation where your boss is maybe making a demand that's not reasonable. Um, and so it's really about talking and sharing honestly about what your struggles are. Um, I'm a big fan of inviting pastors to participate in or at least come and observe different events so they can really see what's going on there. But then just being really open and honest with your pastor about how much this costs you, maybe even not just talking about time, but how much it emotionally costs you to be involved at the level that you are in multiple different directions. Like you said, you've got things going on the back burner and um, nobody knows that better than those who are working and volunteering inside a parish life, that um, there are so many different things that demand your time and energy and attention and that kind of stress us uniquely. So it's important to be honest and open and communicative with your pastor as much as you can about that. Um, But in the end, it really will be about setting boundaries the same way it would be with an employer, maybe who's never going to understand your perspective. But you need to come to that place being honest about what your limitations are and you know that you want to give your very best to this work and that the way to do that is by taking reasonable breaks and setting reasonable boundaries. Excellent. Great. So so one is uh, take a break when you need to, and um, mm-hmm. and one A will say is uh, set boundaries so you can, you right. can actually te- take those breaks when you need to. Okay. So important. Right. What else you got? 
Oh, okay. The other point that I wanted to make, because um, I, I thought, what would I want to say to those who are involved in parish ministry, especially those for families? And one of the points I think it's important to make is that family life should come first. And this is hard to understand if you're really, especially for a young single person, maybe that's involved in parish ministry that doesn't have that family obligation. But certainly for those involved in parish ministry who have families of their own, first of all, it means that your family comes first. You know, that's your number one vocation and priority. So it shouldn't be costing you. It shouldn't be coming at the expense of your own family, whatever success you're having at work through parish ministry. But then also that parish ministry programs do need to be designed with that idea in mind, that family life comes first. You know, that um, that doesn't mean you don't have certain requirements for participating in programs and whatnot, but I think that should be built into the understanding of how these programs work. It can be hard sometimes for families, especially um, large families or those with young children, to manage um, certain kinds of schedules and demands and obligations week after week. And so I think programs really need to be flexible and respectful of those kinds of family priorities. Oh, that's great. Could you give any kind of an example of that, of like what a what a uh, flexible program might look like? Sure. I mean, at, at our parish, we actually have a great one for confirmation where um, the the kids are required to attend a certain number of confirmation classes. I mean, they're called classes, but it really is like a, a an evening kind of meetup to get together that involves adoration and a number of other things. But they're required to attend a certain number. Um, but there's it, it's very flexible and there's an, a number of them offered. So you can kind of say, well, you know what? It's really hard for us to get there this week. So we're not going to be able to make it to this one. But you're not, you know, risking your child's access to the sacrament by deciding that your family is your family schedule is actually a priority that week. So there are things like that that are built in. Another thing is they have um, an, a whole family catechesis that our parish where um, for, a, for a number of the younger grades together at the same time. And you have an option there of doing that on a Sunday afternoon or on a Friday evening. And I, I find that that's a really nice option for families to have. And you don't have to sign up just for one or the other for the entire season. You can, you know, one week say, you know what, the Friday night works better for us or the Sunday afternoon works better this week. And each time it involves a meal. So that kind of makes it a nice first of all, community building, but also can be a nice thing for parents that, okay, I can bring them here and lunch is taken care of or, you know, whatever that is. Um, and, and I'm not saying that the parish needs to provide for all the needs of families, but it's really nice when they kind of consider what those stresses are on families, what kinds of struggles we have and challenges we have with regard to family schedules and obligations, because there's so many different things times whatever number of children you have. So I really appreciate it when um, a parish program kind of takes that into account. Mm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. I mean, especially since most parents are coming after work, and so the one big event that night for sure is going to be dinner. And so if you can just just providing food right. along with whatever the event is is going to be huge for a family that they don't have to worry about making dinner for their for their kids. They can just bring them and know that that's taken care of, and they can you know can, can continue on with their lives, so to speak. Exactly. I yeah. find it's really nice for that, but it's also has the bonus of being community building. You're mm -hmm. going to see the parents are welcome to attend and you're, you find yourself breaking bread with your fellow parishioners and their young children. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. Okay. How about it's a uh, number three? Okay. Well, um, the third thing that I wanted to point out was the fact that um, especially in youth ministry, and this is something I've experienced in different degrees with, as my children have grown, um, that there are different kinds of needs depending on what kind of family background kids come from. Okay. So my kids are good kids and they're not necessarily though, ready to be kind of ambassadors for their faith. And so by that, I mean, 
you know, I don't want them placed into a program that's going to be very challenging to their faith with regard to the others that are involved, because there are ministries that will be just, you know, blanket youth ministry, and perhaps they'll be targeting, um, you know, kids in, in nearby communities that are, um, you know, perhaps there's uh, drug involvement, there's broken families, there's all kinds of educational issues, there's poverty. I mean, there's there are a lot of issues that those kids are dealing with. And my kids are coming from a very different background. I'm not saying I don't want the two to mix. But what I am saying is that my kids aren't necessarily ready to have their faith challenged in a significant way by their peers. And and that's a very tricky thing. And I understand that it's a very tricky thing to balance inside of ministry that, you know, children coming from very difficult and challenging situations, especially at home, and some of them are, you know, even experiencing violence in their home or drug abuse and really serious issues. They have very different needs from kids who aren't experiencing those kinds of things, who are really looking to learn more about their faith and grow in their faith. So I really appreciate when there's a variety of um, opportunities that, you know, we can pick and choose as a family. Like this is a, this is a good opportunity for you to participate in a ministry. You're going to be side by side with kids that you might never necessarily otherwise be with. And um, I think that can be very helpful. And I, what I appreciate is when there's the option and the understanding um, that, you know, th- that my kid isn't going to be used like, here you are, you're going to be a young ambassador for Christ. So I want you to witness to, you know, to, for Christ, for this young person here that's placed inside of your classroom or whatnot. And I have experienced that at other parishes. Um, and I, I understand the motivation there. Um, but I feel like maybe it's not fair to a, a kid who's just coming into his faith and isn't quite ready to be that witness or isn't ready to have his faith tested in that way. Do you know what I mean? I think so, yeah. Do you think it's possible to do both, like to have like a ministry that, that reaches the, the masses, so to speak. So any, anybody's welcome, whether they're um, uh, a Catholic school, a home school, a public school, somebody who's in a divorced family, somebody's in, you know, just to anybody, not even Catholic, not even Christian mm-hmm. to come and also have something for those teens that are looking to go a little more, a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is very possible. You know, at our parish, they have a a youth group and it's kind of evolved over the years and it's always been um, set up so that it's open to anybody and we invite anybody and whether you're Catholic or not, but you know, as long as you're willing to be respectful, you're, you're welcome to come. And, but beyond that, um, and those those tend to be, you know, there might be a talk, um, but it's it's very introductory level um, and social as well. But um, then if you're if you're looking for something beyond that, there are always opportunities or studies or um, a special talk or um, various kinds of groups where they they have an opportunity to get together and maybe really go deeper into a certain aspect of the faith or something they might be questioning about. And sometimes I find that just happens on a very personal level, you know, um, among other kids in the group that they connect with or with a youth minister that they have a really good conversation with, or they feel comfortable asking questions to even inside of the the socialization. I just, I really appreciate it when um, those involved in the youth ministry are aware of those kinds of different needs. Hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I think um, you touched on something that if you wouldn't mind, we can just unpack for a couple of minutes. Cause I think there is, sure. I think uh, it can be dangerous for a teen. You put a teen who is, quote unquote, strong in their faith and you want them to help mentor a teen who maybe is coming from um, uh, a gang, gang life or a broken home or drug abuse or physical abuse and mm-hmm. to kind of mentor them and bring them along and, and, and they can share their faith definitely. But, but you're right. You're asking that teen to kind of 
fill a role that they're not equipped to handle the, situ- the situations and the emotional baggage that are, is going to come with that. And so I think mm-hmm. we have to be very careful that just because this teen has a good and strong faith life, it's one thing to expose them to a third world country and have mm-hmm. them exposed, exposed to that environment so they can see what they have and, and how into others in, in the world, but to ask and put them in a position where they're asked to kind of um, almost, you know, serve as counselor or therapist for somebody, for a teen who's just, that's just not their role. And it can damage, I think, a teen in that, in that situation. Is that kind of what you're, what you're saying? Yeah, it definitely is. Even adults. I mean, you know, I think we go out two by two and we have to, we were talking with some people the other day on a podcast and talking about going to where the unchurched and the nons are that there's nothing at church that's going to attract them. So we need to go kind of where they are to, to minister to them in their environments. But the danger with that is it can, it can drag us down. And so we've got to be, make sure that we're rooted in, in our prayer life and rooted in, in a support group so that we can go out there and venture there and minister to them and then come back and get fed and, and, and stay um, stay on the right track, so to speak. And so for mm-hmm. a, for someone who's not as mature, it can be, you know, a hundred times more difficult. So yeah, it's really good advice, I think, for people out there that are just looking for that golden child to put in front of the group or to put with the, <laughs> put with the troubled teen and, oh, he's going to just pick him up by the bootstraps and carry him along and it's going to be great. And next thing you know, they're both, you know, in a world of hurt. So Right, yeah, right. I think that's a very tricky thing. And in a way, it's almost dehumanizing when you have those kinds of goals for mixing kids from different backgrounds, perhaps like, oh, I want him to see this bad situation and feel grateful for what he has. Or, oh, I want him to see this, you know, this kid who has it together and, um, you know, kind of pull him, himself together or see what's possible or those kinds of things. I think in a way, it's it's not treating people as individuals. Hmm. Yeah, and that's the point, right? We're all children of God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so true. All right, so that's three, I think. So what's your fourth? Okay, so my fourth one is a, is just a great big thank you, is what I want to say to the people who are involved in parish ministry at any level, because I am so grateful. I was so grateful for everyone who stepped up back when we were serving in parish ministry officially ourselves, my husband and I, but I am even more grateful now, and as my kids are growing older, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate and have appreciated in very particular circumstances the fact that there are other grown-ups in my kids' lives, my, especially my teenagers, especially during hard times, who are willing to share their faith, who are willing to have a, an important conversation with them about values and share their faith in a meaningful way when, you know what? my kids aren't listening to me (laughs) because, (laughs) you know, that's just the nature of the beast once they reach a certain grade. And I'm not saying they don't listen to me at all. And I know I still have influence on them, but just knowing that someone else is emphasizing that message and giving their own unique perspective and kind of underscoring it for them is so valuable. And I am so grateful. I am, I so appreciate that. And I want to support and encourage people involved in that kind of ministry in any way that I can. Man, amen. Amen to that. Uh, I feel the same way about uh, my kids. I know that um, it's just, you know, it's just us. And it takes, you know, a community to really to really bring these people to the, in the right path. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, on, on uh, behalf of myself, my wife, my kids, thank you to everybody out there who's doing the same thing that it's so, it's so needed. Um, you know, I can, I want to um, have certain stages in my kids' life where I want to take them away and like have like a, like a, like I'm about to do with my son when he's hopefully he's not listening to this when he's uh, coming up, he's going to be going in eighth grade next year. And I want to, I want to kind of surprise him and have a, 
a time with some some certain people that other adult men that are in his life that I want to kind of go away with for the weekend and let's just kind of talk to him about what it means to kind of grown up and entering in this next phase of his life and and um so it comes from somebody else other than just than just his dad you know absolutely so, it's yeah. so very valuable and when you know how much it sometimes costs those people who are serving in those roles it just makes you all the more appreciative and you want to verbalize that to people how much you are grateful for that role that they play in your child's life yeah totally wow good stuff man good stuff so anything else you want to add to um or an ad, but tell to our listeners out there who while you have their ear. Working in the <laughs> well, church. I just want to underscore that first point. <laughs> if you're feeling like you're anywhere near a burnout, whether it's as a parent or as a volunteer or as a teacher or as a DRE or whatever it is, you know, whatever capacity you're serving in, that it's really important to pay attention to those signs and um, that to remember that you're not going to be able to be a gift to anybody else if you're completely depleted. And um, that, that can rear its ugly head in some nasty ways inside of our relationships and ultimately destroy the very ministry that we care about. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling it all overwhelmed or taken advantage of or resentful of things inside of your ministry, it's really important to take that step back and evaluate where you can set some boundaries that will make sense for you. Yeah, it's not doing anyone any good otherwise. Absolutely not. (laughs) So if you're interested in having Danielle speak um, or want some more information about her, you can uh, find that information at daniellebean.com. All right, what about your uh, your podcast? You have a podcast called Girlfriends. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so you can you can hear the Girlfriends podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether on Stitcher or on uh, iTunes. But you can also get it at ascensionpress.com. If you click on the channels tab, you can see all of the podcasts. And Girlfriends is one of the Ascension podcasts, which I'm excited to be a part of that there. Um, so Girlfriends is really, it's, it's a once a week podcast where I um, attempt to create a community of women who support one another in in prayer. And every week I focus on a different topic that's sort of of interest to Catholic women in particular, but really just women from all walks of life and different ages and stages of life. You know what? The more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm finding out <laughs> as I grow up in this motherhood thing and this Catholic family life thing. Um, we're all worried about the same things and those issues don't go away. So we often visit those kinds of topics at Girlfriends. Excellent. All right. So there you have it, guys. If you want to leave us a comment on our podcast, you can do so at ascensionpresents.com and link to our show notes and keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing great work. Danielle, it's a pleasure to uh, speak with you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love talking with you. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. 